You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, hello and welcome to another, another segment of Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Dr. Jeff Werber, here every Thursday live. Let me say that again. Every Thursday live here at Pet Life Radio, 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific time, and whatever the time happens to be other parts of the country. And here for you, we're here to answer your questions about your dogs, about your cats, about whatever. Uh, if I don't know the answer, I will get you the answer. Sometimes I'm purposely not going to know the answer because I want you to come back next week with some more questions. And to get a hold of me, very easy. Number one, you can log into our chat room here live at Pet Life Radio. You can also call us at it's free. It's free. Free call, 877-385-8882. Talk to me, and I will hopefully help you through all of your problems with your pets, especially my insanity, dogs and cats, but I'll get you answers to anything. So just go ahead. You know, last week, we had, had a great show. Before, before we go into last week, I always have to remember to thank our sponsors. ProSense Pet Products is our, 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 our headlining sponsor, and of course, uh, available at your local mass retailers, and one of our very good friends, Walmart is here to, uh, you know, it gives a full selection of ProSense pet products. And speaking of ProSense pet products, to encourage all of you shy listeners out there, if you send me a text to Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at Pet Life Radio, if you go log on to the chat room, and like Adam did last week, if you call us at 877-385-8882, we will send you a free ProSense pet product appropriate for your dog or cat. So, now, you have no reason. Free advice, free product, and a, just a very quick half hour of your time to hopefully help you through some issues with your pets. Speaking of issues with pets, this issue is from one of my employees who was asking, having problems with her fairly recently adopted pit bull. We do work with a number of pit bull rescues, many rescues in general, but two in particular are specialized in pit bulls. And you know, the good reason, because we all know, those of us that work with them, those of us that may own them, that they really really are amazing dogs. They are fantastic. They are friendly. They are warm. They are loving. They are protective, but they get a bad rap because their mouths are so powerful that when they bite, they're actually, listen to this, there are more bites recorded from chihuahuas and cocker spaniels than there are from pit bulls. The problem is when you get bitten by a chihuahua, it hurts. When you get bitten potentially by a pit bull, you have to see a surgeon. So, I mean, we know that there are some major issues involved, but nonetheless, they really are innately, inherently, they're really, really, really sweet dogs. So, one thing we know about pit bulls and why they were initially bred was they're bred to fight. They do like to fight, and this is what they're bred to do, and they're, and they're tenacious. And when they do bite in, they will bite in. They don't mess around. So, you know, we need to keep these things in mind when working with our pit bulls and our pit bull crosses, you know, to set the record straight, depending on the municipality, they don't care whether you call it an American pit bull terrier, a Staffordshire terrier, an American Staffordshire terrier, a Staffordshire bull terrier. The bottom line is in their minds, they are pit bulls. And the, the breed over the years, though there used to be such a, a line of demarcation between the different sub breeds. Now they're all lumped together as the pit bull. 
So you write these letters now from your vet saying, no, no, it's not a pit bull. It's actually an American Staffordshire Terrier. The municipalities really just don't care. So don't kid yourselves, just so you know. Uh, we lumped them all into the one breed, and that's the pit bull. So uh, her problem was that her dog is great, but when she walks her dog, this dog sees another dog and wants to attack, wants to kill. And I, again, this is, this is what the pit bulls do. This is a lot of them. Not all of them, of course, but some of them are potentially very aggressive when it comes to other dogs. So one of the, the recommendations we had is that when we're dealing with training, when we're dealing with what we call behavior modification, first of all, you have to expect the modification of the behavior to go fairly slowly. It's baby steps. It's not going to happen in one session. So, you know, when there's a failure of treatment, whether it's a medical treatment, whether it's a behavior treatment, the biggest issue that creates the disappointment with the client is expectation. If they think that running this test, doing this procedure is going to fix the problem tomorrow and it doesn't, that they're really bummed. When you do that TPLO surgery on a cruciate in a big dog, no, this dog is not going to be walking by next week. If you think and if the office led the owner to believe that it would, of course they're going to be disappointed when the dog isn't. But if they were told this is a long-haul recovery, it's physical therapy, you're looking at six weeks minimum to start weight-bearing even, then when it takes four weeks or five weeks, they're thrilled, all right, because it's happened even faster than they anticipated. So I'm letting you know now that this is a procedure of baby steps. So the key now is we want to take a dog's natural inclination for positive reinforcement and turn this association between this dog, the nasty dog, and other dogs from something negative to something positive. And I like to create a game, and it's called Let's Find a Friend. And you're going to start taking your aggressive dog out in public, and the first thing you need to do is identify how far or really how close the offending other dog needs to be before your aggressive dog starts exhibiting that stance, that behavior pattern that is associated with aggression. Could be three blocks away, could be two blocks away, could be half a mile away. Whatever it is, you need to learn what it is. So in order to change the behavior, you need to start asking your dog to sit when you go out for your let's find a friend exercises. And if let's, uh, for argument's sake, I'm going to throw this three blocks away. At three and a half blocks away where you see another dog way up there, but your dog hasn't started that stance yet, ask him to sit and go, oh, good boy, look at that. Oh, good, there's a friend. Look at the friend. And go ahead, pat him on the head, give him a hug and give him a treat. Now, turn around, walk a different direction, or if you're near an intersection, go right or left. Don't challenge any more than that. And you're going to do this every day if you can, every other day, how frequently you can feasibly walk your dog. But each time that you're looking for that friend, as I like to call it, find a friend, you are going to go nuts with that positive, high-pitched voice, food treat, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. Another thing you might notice that if your dog is okay with little dogs but doesn't like big dogs... Then if you see a big dog down in the horizon, turn around, don't even test it. Start testing with little dogs. And you slowly, as you desensitize to little dogs, then you go to the medium-sized dog. And from the medium-sized dog, then you go to the little small large breed until you get to the large, large breed. Each time, oh, look at that, a friend. And you, pet, you make them sit. Remember, dogs always have to earn their reward. They don't get rewards for the heck of it. They got to earn it. And you give that reward. You pat them on the head. Good boy, good boy. In the perfect world, what's going to ultimately happen is what you want to happen is not only have you desensitized your dog, your nasty dog, to the presence of another dog, but you actually have counter-conditioned him to want 
to find and see other dogs. Why? Because now the association is, oh, my God, we're going to go find a friend. And every time I see this dog in the horizon, I'm getting a pat on the head. I'm getting hugs and I'm getting a food treat. Life is grand. I want more of those dogs. And that's the goal. The goal is that you need to be, of course, you have to stay in control of your dog. This is not something that this is going to happen overnight. It's not something that you, it's easy. It's not going to be easy, but you need to be consistent and persistent. And I like to use those words often when dealing with behavior modification. It's persistence and consistency. You have to give the same messages all the time. Dogs have enough time with the mixed messages we give them every single day. I mean, you know, the the biggest mistake we make, and I've talked to this before on our show, is the how frequently we misuse the word no. How frequently we use no and mention the dog's name with it. It should never be Bowser no, because what's going to happen is if Bowser hears his name again, he's saying, I'm not going to dad because I must have done something wrong. So remember that to evaluate the behaviors and if the behaviors are normal, natural behaviors that are just a little bit misdirected, don't use the word no. No means the behavior itself is inappropriate, not what it's directed towards, not where it's directed, okay? But the actual behavior is a no. And then use that word no, quit, off, down. Again, we always try to use that quick one-syllable commands when it comes to the, as I call, the negative commands. So um, this is something, again, that uh, you need to keep in mind as you're working with your pets. So um, anyway, we have another email to read to you. We had Adams last week. We have another one from Deborah coming up, but it's time for that break. So I uh, wanted you to stay tuned. Get that courage up to call me at 877-385-8882 or to send me a little text or a mail at drjeffatpetliferadio.com. And uh, we'll be back in a minute after these short words. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership Plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. 
Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. You are listening to Dr. Jeff Werber, your host on this half hour, sometimes goes way too fast show. And uh, we want to hear from you. So give us a call, 877-385-8882. We'd love to field your questions, share your concerns, your problems with our other listeners. Speaking of which, as we just finished with talking about how to slowly desensitize and counter-condition those nasty dogs of yours to actually look forward to their walks and look forward to mingling with other dogs. How cool is that going to be when my technician can start taking her dog out, then she can start going hiking, she can start going to the dog park, she can start going to what we call Runyon Canyon. There are so many cool places to go and things to do. So, uh, it's one of those things you want to do is start socializing your dog. Anyway, as I mentioned, we uh, got a couple of emails this past week. One was last week, and that was Adam. Read Adam's email live online. We answered him, and then he actually called in, which was fantastic. So here is one. And I, I like this one, too. This is comes from Debbie. And uh, Debbie is somewhere in Orange County because I can recognize from the 714 area code. And um, dear Dr. Jeff, I listen to your show on podcast and really enjoy it. I'm a volunteer foster kitten mom for my local shelter. I've often had situations where my kittens have diarrhea, sometimes with upper respiratory infections, sometimes not. The shelter veterinarian provides medication for the upper respiratory infection, but I would appreciate your advice on how best to help kittens get over diarrhea. I believe the kittens sometimes get diarrhea from the change of diet from shelter food to my kitten food. She uses a very good uh, cat food, Science Diet, Royal Canin, both excellent, and sometimes from the upper respiratory infection. When kittens do have diarrhea, I take them in for deworming and vet checks. Whatever you can suggest would be appreciated. She's also attached some kittens that I have to share with you. These kittens are so adorable. I got. I wish you could see them. They are really, really, really cute. I'm going to send them along. I'm going to forward this. And we want to get these pictures of these kittens posted because they are way too cute. Anyway, diarrhea in kittens. First of all, so far everything is, nothing surprises me. And that is, it's very common. I do think that one of the possibilities, Deb, is going to be the change in diet. Anytime you change from food A to food B, if it's an abrupt, quick change and not a gradual, slow process over several days, yes, diarrhea could ensue. So I think that's very possible. Secondly, the parasites. These uh, cats often have parasites. Some of the parasites, especially roundworms, especially coccidia, giardia, 
all can cause diarrhea. And since some of them are hard to find, including especially the Giardia, what I sometimes recommend is that if you have, even if you have a negative fecal, I think putting these kitties for five, seven days, maybe 10 days on metronidazole, on Flagyl, would be a good idea. Another thing I like, and I've been having a lot of success with it, and that is some probiotics. And I think that they are gaining a lot of popularity within the profession. And when I first, you know, there are a lot of veterinarians out there that are, you know, look at this stuff is okay, another supplement. You know, I'm not holistic. I'm not naturopathic. Why would I go ahead and start using more supplements? And the truth of the matter is that when it comes to the probiotics, I've heard some major, major speakers at some of the major veterinary schools in the country not only promote but love probiotics. I think probiotics definitely have a place. We've had a lot of success using probiotics in practice. And um, I definitely think that you should be doing that as well and adding some probiotics to their food. You can get them from your veterinarian. There are some that are specifically for cats or small dogs. And I think that you will see some uh, advantage. But I think so diet, if you're going to switch food, totally okay to switch food, but do it gradually over several days. Make sure that even if the fecal is negative, I think putting them on a short course of metronidazole flagyl would be wise because Giardia is very tough to find. Of course, treating any other problems and uh, consider adding in some probiotic. I think that would help as well. And for calling in, Deb, I'd like you to um, either send me a note directly to, I'm going to call you, but I want some information and address and we'll send you out something for your kittens from ProSense Pet Products to help you out. You know, we are getting awfully close to one of the first of the many holidays we talk about. And we talk about our holiday hazards. And one of those holidays is Halloween. And I think that we should just mention some safety practice tips when it comes to Halloween. First of all, dogs that freak out when the doorbell is ringing every you know, three minutes to maybe three seconds, depending on your neighborhood and how many kids you have parading. You might want to keep your dogs in a different room away from the front door, especially if you have dogs that like to bolt. Another thing is, remember, there's a difference between someone coming to your door that looks like a someone and someone coming to your door that looks like something your dog has never seen before because of the costumes. So you can even have a very sweet dog that typically is going to be fine. And all of a sudden they see a ghoul or something that looks like another animal coming to your door. And your dog that typically is good may not be so good. So uh, also I would highly recommend uh, the, for desensitizing, keeping your pets away. Those, some of you like to dress up your pets. I think that if you have the pet that is appropriate for that, then go for it. It's cute. It's a good idea. But understand that if you don't, then you you don't want to do that because it may not be the smartest thing. But most importantly, most importantly, pets, dogs especially, love a lot of the candies that you and I love, but they're not as good for them. Well, they're not good for us either, but they're not going to cause toxicity. But if your dog gets into that huge bag of chocolate, whether it's chocolate, uh, any kind of chocolate, if it's enough, even milk chocolate, which is relatively on the benign side, when it comes to volume and eating a lot of it, even the benign chocolates may not be so benign. And dark chocolates are even more potentially dangerous, and it takes a lot less of the active ingredient, which is the toxin in chocolate called theobromine, to create a problem. Plus, you know, dogs that vomit a bunch of chocolate, it's not pretty. 
and it's going to leave one heck of a stain on your white Berber carpeting. So I would also just uh, keep them away because even if it doesn't make them sick toxic-wise, they're probably going to throw up. Speaking of things that they might eat that will uh, make them throw up during Halloween, dogs aren't that adept at removing wrappers. They don't know how to open that shrink wrap. So instead, they eat the whole thing. And I mean, I had a dog that got into Hershey's Kisses and the foil wrapped around those kisses makes a very interesting x-ray, actually. Speaking of which, things that you can clearly see on an x-ray, that's one of them. So another reason to keep them away from things, it's not just the candy, the chocolate, whatever it is they're eating, but it is going to be the wrappers as well. And one of the other reasons that we like, well, those of us that care seem to want to avoid things like chocolate. There are a lot of fat in a lot of the candies that we are giving out to kids that we are buying for ourselves, hoping the kids don't come by so we get to eat them. So we want to keep our pets away from those things as well because dogs that get a hold of too much fat in their diet are prone to a condition called pancreatitis. Pancreatitis is really, really serious and requires most of the time hospitalization, IV fluids, blood tests. So, you know, those uh, $1.99 bags on special at, uh, at Costco or your local market of candy can turn into hundreds of dollars if your pet gets into them. So you want to make sure that you, uh, you have spent that money wisely. And the only people to get those candies are the kids whose dental bills you don't have to take care of. So anyway, keep those things in mind as you're preparing for Halloween and as you're buying and start now desensitizing your pets if you can to a doorbell ringing. You know, there's, uh, we talked about this 4th of July, but there are some sound effects tapes you can download. And one of them is the doorbell. And you can start desensitizing your pet to a doorbell and not going crazy and not getting all hyper and not getting hyped up. And if you start now, you might be just in time for Halloween. So anyway, I want to thank you for joining me here on another edition of Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And we will be back next week, hopefully, to uh, talk to you. We'd like you to give us a call and send me an email to drjeff, drjeff at drjeff.com. That's drjeff at drjeff.com or drjeff at petliferadio.com, as did Debbie, as did Adam. We'll answer your questions live on air. And for sending us in your questions, you will get some free ProSense products. And again, want to thank our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, and of course, the great retailers that carry the product line, such as Walmart, Target, ATB stores, Fred Meyer, etc., etc. And we will see you back next week here on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining me. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber. Let's talk pets every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com. <laughs>